Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the 90s Club Footy Podcast. This week, our special guest is former Adelaide Crow wingman, Wayne Wiedemann. The Weed, who is well known for his long golden locks and goatee, spent six seasons at the Crows, playing 68 games and kicking 26 goals. In this episode, Wayne talks about the long pathway he took to play AFL football, the initial years at the Adelaide Crows, that famous 1993 preliminary final against Essendon, as well as sharing some words about his favourite characters. So sit back and relax and enjoy my chat with Wayne Wiedemann. Wayne Wiedemann, a big thank you for joining me on the 90s Club Footy podcast. Really looking forward to our chat. But before we talk all things football, what's Wayne Wiedemann doing with himself currently post-football? Thanks for having me on, Trent. Yeah, good to be here. Um, life's pretty cruisy at the moment. Um, pretty much out of footy altogether except for a little bit of commentary. Um, a couple of years ago now when COVID hit, uh, basically uh, left the footy coaching playing scene. Um, now I do a bit of commentary for the SMFL Digital Pass and a bit of corporate ho- hosting when the, the Crows games are on at Adelaide Oval. So that keeps me a little bit involved with the, the footy in that regard, but certainly not coaching or playing anymore, mate. But um, now I live in Clare, hour and a half north of Adelaide on a couple of acres, mate. Uh, stone throw from the golf course, so that keeps me a little bit busy there. And correct me if I'm wrong, not a bad little wine area as well, I reckon, the Clare, Clare region. Yeah, pretty pretty well-renowned uh, renowned for its wine um, and its wineries and... There's no shortage of them up here, mate. I've only been here two years and I haven't scratched the service on a lot of them. So you do end up picking your favourites, but there's a lot of good wines out of this out of this country up here, yeah. Love it. Let's talk some footy, Wayne. Your footy journey had a, um, I guess you had a bit of a, quite a footy journey before you headed to the Adelaide Crows. Give us a bit of a snapshot of where it all started for you, mate. Yeah, well, I was pretty much born in uh, Wagga. Wagga Wagga up in New South Wales and then family moved to a dairy farm at Fish Creek um, where I played all my junior footy and it wasn't really until I started playing senior footy that I wanted to play VFL as it was known back then in the in the 80s when I was around. Um, so I had a little bit, I had a good couple of uh, first years with Fish Creek and had a bit of interest with, you know, your Collingwoods and uh, Richmond's and, and also St Kilda and Footscray that were our zone, were in their zone. So had a couple of trial games with um, St Kilda and, and then during the year went down there and played on a permit, which you could back in those days. Um, and it wasn't really until I had that experience that I, that's all I wanted to do was play VFL footy. So I had my chance at a few clubs. I wasn't quite good enough. Um, I was pretty much done everything I could at Fish Creek. I'd won a, a league medal and won a best and fairest and where was my next stop? So I knew a fellow uh, that played for East Lake in Canberra. He coached up there. So I thought, well, I'll chase it a little bit, go and play for East Lake, which was in the Sydney Swan zone. Um, didn't get a lot of interest uh, from them at all. In fact, none, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> but I did have a pretty good state carnival down in Tassie uh, representing the ACD, ACT, and then come under the notice of uh, Andy Bennett, ex-Hawthorne 
player who was coaching at Woodville at West Torrens at the time over in Adelaide, and he spoke to me after the carnival and asked whether I'd be interested in coming across to to Adelaide. And I basically thought then, well, if I can't make the um, the best competition, let's have a look at perhaps the second best competition out of the A or VFL. And um, so I come across to Adelaide and probably pretty fortunate in one way and a bit unfortunate in another. I had a year with West Torrens and they amalgamated with Woodville at the end of the year. They were a bit of a struggling club, but a beautiful club in that year I was there. And then all of a sudden the Crows had formed as well, as well after Port Adelaide had a little bit of a crack and caused a lot of trouble over there. Uh, the Crows formed and as it was then, I think, Probably the top sort of seven, eight, nine, or ten players got invited out to Crows preseason, and pretty much that, that's where it started. I was able to, you know, press a little bit in the um, in the preseason camps and trials and those sort of things, and was lucky enough to um, to make it to the final fifty-two, which uh, the list has changed a lot now. They're back down to forty something. There was a fair few on the list at that stage, but wasn't on it after the contract in my first year, so basically played for or trained for not much, and it wasn't until the last five games of 91 that I got the opportunity. So, yeah, I guess I've been travelled a little bit, and then obviously after the close, travelled a little bit with, with playing and coaching as well. But that's all I wanted to do at that particular stage when I was 16, 17, 18, was play VFL footy. And if you, uh, if you want, do something at the highest level, I guess you've got to chase it pretty hard and take care to a lot of places. Well, mate, your dedication is uh, absolutely first rate with just the, the journey you spoke about there. So can you tell me, obviously, did Adelaide have draft picks they could use? Do they have a number of, um, uh, you know, spots on the list that they could allocate to local players? You know, what was, how did you sort of find your way onto the list? Was it through the draft? Yeah. Was it through, um, you know, they had that... Yeah, you were a, a local player that they could sign immediately without having to go through, um, you know, any other sort of clubs and so forth. Yeah, well, um, <clears throat> it's funny how that all sort of that went about because I, <clears throat> because I played majority of my footy uh, in Victoria, I was still eligible for the the national draft, so to speak, and I was. I had a pretty good year at West Torrens in the first year over, and um, I had some interest from Geelong, and I'd spoken to them, and then Neil Curley had rang me up and said, look, we can't do anything with you. We want you to come out training, but we can't do much until after the after the draft. Now, in circumstances like Tony uh, McGuinness, Danny Hughes, a couple of those guys that were already over in Melbourne playing for uh, Footscray and, and Melbourne respectively, they had first dibs on those folks if they wanted to come back. But that was about it. Everyone else had to wait till the the national draft was done mm. or just pick your local blokes from Adelaide, which pretty much 90% of the list was made up of Adelaide local boys talent and then a few couple from interstate. But, um, and that's how it all began. Um, pretty much uh, had a meeting with Geelong. They said, if we get an opportunity, we'd like to take you. Um, obviously never got, never got an opportunity because I didn't get a phone call. And then Neil Curley rang up the next day and said, right, hey, uh, you missed out on Geelong, you better come out with us. And, and that's pretty much where, where it began. They, the other boys had been training for a couple of weeks and I, I joined them a couple of weeks later. 
How'd you go with the, uh, I guess, the latest start? Did you sort of have to put a bit of extra work in or to sort of catch up a bit, I guess? Oh, mate, I was in no good. I was in no good <laughs> early. I had, um, I go to Bathurst, love my V8 supercars. I go to Bathurst every year. Unfortunately, the last couple of years was breaking a, a little run that I had. But um, so I'd been down to Tassie for a wedding, up to Bathurst for a week <laughs> out there. I, I wasn't in great shape. And uh, the first night back, um, or first night, that I got back and went, went out to training, we had a, I think a 4K time trial or something like that, 5K time trial, and 120 blokes, and I come 117, and was, was only beaten by, uh, I just got over a line in front of Rudy Mandemaker, he's an ex-Victorian boy, yeah. and uh, Greg Phillips from Collingwood, so... I was coming from a long way back, mate. I didn't show up in real good nick, but anyway. <laughs> didn't matter. You made the list anyway. Hey, Wayne. Well, that's right, yeah. No, you're saying uh, fully fit first week in November, mate. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Hey, what was it like being a part of the initial Adelaide Crows list, you know, the foundation list? Was there a real air of excitement from the playing list and the city about playing in the in the AFL? Yeah, yeah pretty much. It was very exciting. Um the town embraced it. Look, majority, I know it's split now a little bit because Port have come in, but there, there was a lot of Port uh, supporters at that stage, you know, following the state. And obviously the Crows were the, the state team, I guess, or they were your local blokes that they wanted to, to follow into the AFL because everyone had an interest in it. So there was a, there was a lot of excitement about it, but... Um, on the other side of all that excitement and anticipation of how we're going to go, there was a damn lot of hard work to get up to speed for what the, the VFL AFL boys were doing. So, you know, for months there, three, four months, we were training 13 out of 14 days and Quincy had us doing, you know, a lot of work on the weekends and we had to, he believed that we had to, you know, get up to speed with what the, you know, the AFL was about and... And that was a lot, a lot of hard work, mate. We had pretty much no facilities. Um, we couldn't. We based ourselves at, at Footy Park, but we couldn't really stay there because it was shared oval. We had no weight room. We were a roster system to go back and do our our weight training and being uh, having having the letter W was your first no, uh, first letter of. Um, your surname, and when you do alphabetical order, you don't turn up too early sometimes. So <laughs> we, were, we were pretty much going home after training, having tea, and then going back to do weights after that. So oh, we did it tough because we were, you know, in our infancy, very infancy, and um, we had to work hard with it. And not wasn't all beer and, and skittles in early days, but, you know, looking back at it now, you go, well, that's just what we did because we just wanted to play in the, in the big time. Boundary thrown in the left forward pocket for Adelaide. Kick by Wiedemann. Oh, this is a miraculous goal. Adelaide won that first match in their season, yep. opener in 91 against Hawthorne, who we know are a great side. They won by 86 points yep. at Footy Park. I know you didn't yep. play in that game, but just from mm. a playing group perspective, geez, that must have given you guys a real boost for the season. Oh, I think it... Um, not only did it sort of announce our arrival, our arrival, but I think what it showed to you know us as a playing group um, and the the footy community in general that 
we, we'd done a lot of hard work and it paid off and, and it showed that we could be competitive, you know, and that was the biggest thing. Um, sort of a bit of us versus them men- mentality. I think you'll always have that and probably should always have that because that creates great competition. But I'm fairly positive after that night that we could, we believe that we could, um, you know, match it with the, the better teams of the competition. Now that, that game was one out of the blue because, you know, uh, 86 points, um, massive crowd. It was just, you know, it was like AFL Grand Final day in March. And uh, huge excitement, got the result. Hawthorne go on to win the flag. So we realised that, one, we could compete, but towards the end of the year, we realised that we're starting to get a little bit tired uh, and we'd have to back up again, do another solid pre-season and, and get competitive again and, and obviously, 92 wasn't a bad year, and then 93 they made finals. So we'll be able to compete at the highest level in finals in, in, in only a couple of years. I want to ask you about you, mate. Um, your first game you played in round 16 in the 91 season against the Hawks, and this is a twofold question. Yep. Um, what yep. do you recall from that day? And, and yep. secondly, obviously, you had those disappointments leading up with St Kilda and Collingwood, you know, before you got yep. to Adelaide. It must have yeah. meant a fair bit to you to play that first game as well, obviously through the journey that you went through. Yeah, I, I could have retired after I got named in the team. That's all I wanted to do. <laughs> you know, I thought, yeah, that's all that, you know, five, six years of trying, chasing, and finally got there. I've gone, I've done it now. So now I just can't really enjoy a game of footy. Um, it was exciting. Um, you know, we, we played uh, Hawthorne at Waverley. Um, I remember, you know, the, the plane trip over was all sort of new. Um, staying in the motel wasn't new, but new as a, as a footy group. Um, and then just travelling out on the bus from Melbourne out to Waverley. It's, it's a sort of bit of a trek I did a lot of the time, you know, with family, mum and dad, when we used to go to Waverley to, to watch uh, Collingwood because we were Collingwood supporters. And um, so I knew, the, I knew the trip well, and I'd been there a lot of times before, but Hadn't really been into the, the, you know, under the grandstand where the change room was. And, you know, I remember running out. It was pretty cold at Waverley. I, I don't think it's even changed now. But <laughs> it, was, it was pretty fresh that day. It was fresh sitting on the bench for the first sort of 15 minutes before I got on. But um, I, I was just a pretty much a proud sort of a lad, you know, running out onto the ground. I didn't hear much. So I, I honestly don't know where the ball was because I'd gone you know, after all that, you've you've done well, and now you've you got to run out on the on an oval to play a game of footy, um, and uh, and a lot of hard work had been finished off by getting selected and, and then playing. And and although we, we 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 played pretty well, we weren't quite good enough to to get over the line. I think you know, Johnny Platten and bloody old Dermy Burton had a fair bit to do with that that day. They played pretty well, but. I really enjoyed it. Unfortunately, I broke my hand. I missed three weeks and come back on the fourth week. But I'll never forget uh, your first game before you was a ripper. Yeah, you played five gear, five games in that year. Was it hard to nail yeah. a spot in the twenty? And I know you said you just got injured, obviously as well. But did you sort of feel that your sandful form warranted you a game earlier in the season, or was it just a really t- you know tough and competitive for spots? It was tough and competitive. Um, yeah, I, I thought I'd been doing all right uh, at the NFL. Um, 
but it was just about getting an opportunity. Um, particularly early, I think Corndy, whether it was to, to his detriment or not, or good management, he sort of backed a lot of players that were in, and I guess you do that. Um, there was, you know, there was a couple of guys there keeping us out, which we thought, well, okay, they're, they're doing okay, but um, wasn't. They weren't sort of performing to 100% what we thought. But I think every bloke on the sideline that wants to play thinks that anyway. So yeah. it was a matter of, of, of patience. Um, you know, I, I ended up getting a two-year contract, so I knew that I was going to be around for another couple of years. So it was a matter of, Thornsey always used to say, you pick yourself, and maybe I wasn't picking myself. So as soon as I got in, that's when I sort of made sure that um, I was in there I knew that always the first couple of games was going to be a bit scratchy because you need to get up to that pace, fit in a little bit, get to know, you know, the, the guys that, you, even though you've trained with them all year, you don't necessarily know their incidentals on the on the footy field. So, but I was able to hang around for the five and then, you know, 92 was a good year and 93 was a good year. So I thought, even though it was pretty tough to get in early, um, once I got in, that's where I wanted to stay. And there's the ball. Boots it high towards Woods. Ball on. Great back. Wiedemann over the top. The 93 season was a memorable one. And you said about this earlier for the Crows because you just played finals for the first time, you know, after yeah. a couple of years in. What was the focus yeah. from memory in that pre-season? You've had two seasons at the level. What was the yeah. focus or, the, you know, the thing that you had to concentrate on most as a group which led to yeah. you guys having that successful season. Was there was there anything in particular that you can sort of remember? Well, it's funny um, you say that because uh, Cornsey always sort of thinks that one of our faults was that we didn't um, we didn't put enough pressure on ourselves to play and be successful in finals footy. And we had a pre-season camp up at Coolan, up in in Queensland was hot and tough and different conditions uh, than what we're used to doing in Adelaide. we done a lot of things. We did our goal setting. We did all those sort of things that uh, that you do. But one thing we never spoke about was, was finals. And Cornsey probably believes that, you know, and that may have been a little mistake back then, that we didn't quite shoot for the stars and land on the moon um, and be happy with that. We sort of, once again... Um, set ourselves to be competitive, knew that we had to um, uh, not only back up the previous year, but do better than the previous year. Um, and then to make finals when the, it was a top five, and we had to beat Collingwood in the last game of the year at Footy Park, which was always going to be a pretty tough task. Uh, to do that, I just think we were riding on a wave of, of momentum and excitement and that sort of got us to where we were in the finals because we sort of didn't get ahead of ourselves at all. We just took it, you know, week by week thing, but that's exactly what we did. And maybe way back then at the, at the pre-season, we shoot ourselves a little bit higher um, to where we wanted to be other than just being competitive for the whole year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. So yeah. let's, let's have a look at that first final. You defeated the yep. Hawks. And I guess one, this yeah. one's probably a, a, a famously remembered incident with you as well. So on that day, yeah. I guess the narrative pre-game was the Jarman brothers going to battle. Darren was still obviously at the Hawks and yeah. Andrew was with you guys. 
Um, yeah. And then obviously you had that early hit on Darren at the opening bounce. What were your memories of yeah. that moment? The elimination final gets underway. The roar goes up at the MCG as they face each other and Wren wins first up. Jarman goes down. It's gathered out of the middle by Ayers who started in the engine room of the game. Kick out wide and out of bounds on the 50. And that is Darren Jarman, belted down in the very first contest for the ball in the centre. And this reminds us of Dermot Brereton in that grand final in 89. Yes, it looks like the week coming, charging through. Wayne Wiedemann doing a good job there. Um, that was a uh, complete accident. <laughs> and Darren still hasn't forgiven me for it. <laughs> oh, look, it was just... Um, I don't think it was even an instruction. I think it was just one of those things. The ball bounced. I was just following my player in, and I was going pretty quick through there, and all of a sudden Darren appeared, and there was no, there was nowhere to go. So it wasn't even a premeditated thing. It wasn't saying, we've got to get Darren all day, yeah. help Andrew out, blah, blah. It just appeared. And um, the knock happened, and probably the worst, the most unluckiest thing that happened to Darren was the cricket pitch was still in the middle of the MCG. Ah. So it was hard as a rock. So maybe him hitting the turf was a bit worse than me hitting him, <laughs> hitting shoulder and putting him on the turf. But I'm not quite sure. We've never spoken about but He reminds me in every now and again. But, um, yeah, it, was, it just appeared. And I, I think not, you know, trying to be too modest, but it may have set a little bit of the, the tone for the day a little bit because... Mm. I think after that, we were that excited to play the first game. We are playing against Hawthorne. And who would have thought we could get over the line against Hawthorne and the MCG? So once again, <clears throat> we were out there to pretty much enjoy the game of footy. How good is this? Playing on the final of the MCG after a few years of being in the competition. And we're going all right so far. So, And then to win was just, um, you know, that was just, uh, once again, it was almost pretty much a grand final feeling that, two or three weeks before it. The same year you made the prelim final, and it's a, I guess it's a well-remembered grand uh, prelim final as well. So you guys went down, uh, obviously, to the future premiers in the Bombers, the baby Bombers, but yeah. do you feel that was a bit of a lost opportunity for the club? Because you're led by 42 points yeah. at half-time, and then you end yeah. up losing by 11. Like, was that a, a bit of a missed opportunity? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was... Oh, look, we, we say a lot. We we always thought, and talking to other people, I thought whoever made a grand final was always going to beat Carlton. Um, and it proved that way with effort and beating us and then going on to, to win. Um, it was just, it's just a surreal feeling in, in the fact that how did we, back in, I mean, seven goals, seven goals up in today's footy, you don't really panic too much because they're easy to come by. But seven goals back, then there's a fair margin in half time. Yeah. And I don't think at one stage at all that we felt, you know, comfortable within ourselves or we'd done the job or whatever. Um, I think that <clears throat> I, I doubt whether we were beaten in the coach's box, but I just think maybe Sheedy had a few more things up his sleeve to get his boys going a little bit and a few little things like Michael Long went crazy and had five or six bounce and kicked the goal and they just started to grow a little bit and, you know, Essendon had that support at the at the ground and a few people started to, to lift their game a little bit and we had opportunities to kick goals through Jars and Rennie and goals that they normally would kick. But just that little bit of 
bit of finals pressure there when the momentum was going against a little bit probably hurt us. And, you know, we think, well, we didn't do a lot wrong. We just couldn't 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 adjust to, um, you know, Essendon's momentum. At, and, and I remember looking at Cheedy at three-quarter time talking to his bloke and he had the phone coming out and the veins were sticking out. And <laughs> he was really revving his boys up to go, well, you know, obviously we're on a good thing here. Let's keep it going. So... Sadly for us, it wasn't to be, but certainly, you know, I would like to think I might have been a premiership player. It would have been a great uh, a great third season, the comp if you're able to get through and uh, yeah. play off, but, uh, you know, these things happen, and the Bombers, they show they were a good side in that grand final anyway yeah. when they played Carlton. So um, I suppose Absolutely. you can, you know, it was a bit of a, like, not that you'd uh, you'd love hearing this, but I guess, you know, to, to lose to the eventual premiers, you can sort of take a yeah. little bit away from that, I guess. Yeah, it does. I, I think that, um, you know, you. I mean, if you get beat, you always uh, will barrack for that team the next week a little bit, I think. But, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, they were on a bit of a mission too, the baby bombers, you know. They had a pretty young list being put together for a couple of years and that was their reward. Um, they were, and that's the difference between a 100-year club and a one-year club, a two- or three-year-old club, is that, we're building something from scratch and they're yep. building something that they put together a couple of years ago. So, um, you know, I don't think there'll be too, too many lessons to be learnt from, from our perspective of it all. I don't think we did a, did a lot wrong. I just think it was just a massive learning curve for us as well. Yeah, well said, well said. The next three seasons I find really interesting. Like, I was just looking at these the other night. So, 94, 95 and 96, you guys, I guess, went back to the pack a little bit. I think you finished 11th, 11th and 12th after yeah. that really good year yep. of 93. Can you, was there any reason why that occurred? Do you think, was it like, was there a few players that were injured? Was there some, um, you know, list changes? Was it just, um, you know, other clubs that sort of looked at different game styles and improved the way that they went about as well? Was there anything in particular that can sort of pinpoint why you might have just dropped back a little bit to the pack? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so. I know that um, the list did turn over um, a little bit in those first couple of years because we had, you know, Bruce and Linda come back, we tied David Marshall from Glenelg, trivia player Glenelg and SNFL, and he sort of retired, and um, Tommy Warhurst only played half a dozen games that year. So, in the first couple of years, and that's what I was leading to before, the Cornsey did back a lot of his experience blokes in. Mm. And I reckon that after you get those older blokes uh, that have soaked up sort of 15 to 25 games, the next young blokes come in like myself, took that next 25 games to sort of get going again yep. a little bit. Yep. And then I, and then I think the, the horse had bolted a little bit. I also think our... <clears throat> our riding our wave of momentum after, you know, entering the competition, doing right, playing finals, maybe that died down a little bit as well and it wasn't so exciting anymore. Um, not that it should have been less exciting. I just think that um, you just lose a little bit because now you're in the competition uh, and now you've got to live up to an expectation. Plus, I think the also the, the competition learned a bit from, from us as well. Um and maybe they didn't put a lot of effort into us early, but certainly thought that they put a lot of effort into us 
in those latter years of 94, 5 and 6. So, um, you know, in a 96, I left places in a good position. I think it perhaps got a little bit stale, maybe getting a little bit old. Maybe our list was too old because Blighty come in and threw the chainsaw around, got rid of half a dozen of us and, and they win two in a row. So maybe we got a little bit, um, you know, the list got a little bit old and stale and, yeah, things had to change and Blighty thought he certainly made those changes. You just mentioned you finished at the end of 96. What were the circumstances on this one? Was it you know, a mutually... Uh, a mutual yeah. decision was it? Uh, you know, you yeah. were thinking that I'd ha- you'd, you've you'd done what you wanted to do and you had enough. Did the club yeah. sort of think, well, you know, in the next couple of years you might not be part of their plans? What was sort of the discussions yeah. there? Yeah. yeah, well, I had um, I was out of contract, um, and that's what basically you know I didn't even get to speak to Blighty. Um, Johnny Reid brought me into his office and said, "Look, you're out of contract." Uh, Blighty pretty much hasn't got you in his plans. I was on that's fine. I'm 31. I'm happy to go. But I also lost. I only played four games. Uh, sorry, eight games in those last two years, 95 to 96. So I've lost a little bit of hunger for it because you know I was doing a lot, training a lot, playing some nice footy in the SNFL and not getting a go. Just when Robert Shaw was there, um, didn't quite get the opportunities after. Uh, um, after Shorey took over and I guess I lost a little bit of the enthusiasm to play so I just felt I wasn't getting the reward for the effort that I was putting in to get a game of footy and my last game was up in Sydney, I think I kicked two or three goals and got dropped a week later so finished on a good note with a, with a couple of goals but probably a little bit disappointed I went back, in it, went back out of the side but I knew once I was out I was pretty much not going to get back in. So I resigned to the fact that it all wasn't going to end well at the end of the year and didn't even, you know, weren't even considering that Blighty was coming in the year after. It was, you know, see what happened. So, um, look, I've got a great relationship with a footy club. They get me to do some work down there with their corporate staff. Uh, never have any animosity about, you know, not getting an, offered another contract and, and probably I was ready to move on at 31 as well. Yeah, right. No, well, that's sort of good that you sort of went out on, I guess, your terms, knowing that, you know, it was going to, something was going to happen at the end of the year anyway. So to go out on the way you wanted to go out was probably, yeah. um, you know, a good way to go out rather than being told and shunted and, you know, surprised and, and the like. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, um, uh, Johnny Reid, basically, he was straight to the point, out of contract, Friday doesn't see any plans. We're not offering you another one. I've gone. Sounds fair and reasonable to me, you know. <laughs> so, and, and I think that, you know, you could sit there and argue, and what was I going to get out of it? N- not a lot, really. Probably, you know, didn't wouldn't have started the year off with the right note if I was offered a contract and that sort of thing. So I'd rather leave on good terms and because and you're always going to go back to the footy club and you never want anything hanging over your head, I don't think. So I was pretty much in agreement with what Rudy and Blighty had come to the conclusion on my footy career and that was all right. I just packed up and moved down to, to Tassie for a couple of years of footy. Oh, I love it. Fantastic. Hey, tell me, what, what was your feelings and thoughts with the Crows winning the Premiership the year after you left? Like, when you left the club, did you think that the list was capable of 
to go ahead and, and take that next step. I know they got in Jarman and a, and a few other yeah, uh, Troy Bond yeah. and these sort of players, but did you feel like yeah. they, they had it in them or they were still a little bit away? Oh, I thought they were still a little bit away. And, you know, it was, once again, did they did they have a successful footy season or a successful final series? Because really they battled a little bit early, um, got it going, got it. And look, you, you, you have a fair season when you make, um, when you win enough games to, to make finals anyway. So, but yeah, a couple of balls felt their right way, you know, beating, you know, Footscray twice, two prelims. Um, that could have gone either way, either way both times. But I was more than, more than happy for him. I was there in 97, didn't get there in 98. But, um, I, yeah, look, I'd have to agree 100%. I didn't think the list was, um, capable of, you know, winning a premiership that next year, but it's amazing what a few things can do and a, a change of coach and a bit of luck and a bit of attitude, you know, and a bit of Andrew McLeod magic as well, as well doesn't go astray. That helps you a little bit. Hey, Wayne, on a lighter note, there's no doubt you were a cult figure um, playing the AFL. You had the long blonde you know, hair, I guess we'd call it a mullet back then, the goatee. Yeah. And I can remember as a kid, I'm a Geelong supporter, so I remember you coming down to Cadinia Park and, um, yeah. you know, and as a kid and you'd, you'd go near the footy, the crowd would yell out weed at the top of their voice whenever you went near the yeah. ball. How much did you love it? Did you, did you thrive on that? Um, a little bit, yes and no. I think it was um, obviously... Well, I felt a bit more pressure to do well because they, you know, you they'd notice you every time and you'd hear it every time. But the good thing about it is, if if, if I did stuff up, I'd still yell out weed. So it was a, a win-win for all. But um, oh, look, look, I'm a country boy at heart. You know, milk cows, carded hay, did all those sort of things. And I reckon country blokes are, are, are pretty good fellas. And you know, I just. You know, people didn't like my haircut, so I didn't cut it off. I didn't want to grow a mammal. I just used to, people used to stir me, get a haircut, and I just dug my heels in and said no. So, um, you know, and it just related to people, and you talk to people, and, you know, it was good that, you know, you know the crowd could get behind you a little bit and that sort of stuff. But, you know, my mum got it walking around the netball ground at Fish Creek, and my brother's got it as well. My sister's got it playing netball, and, so I created a bit of a storm there for a while, but well, it was really, um, you know, I was thankful for it, appreciated for it. Still get it called now, not to the extent that it was, but people still recognise her. Yeah, it's one of the better things that's happened in my footy life, mate. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I tell you what, your hairstyle from back then sort of back into vogue now. It's amazing here. Yeah. You've got the long hair. They've probably gone the shorter size, <laughs> but... They've got the Wayne Wiedemans back now in uh, in just general society, and a lot of the AFL boys are sort of rolling with it as well. Well, they roll a little bit with it, mate. I know my nephew plays down at Inverloch, and uh, the bottom Victoria there. He, he he's got a mullet, but they're <laughs> a lot more stylish than when we had it, mate. We had it just straight across the front and straight across back. They're all styled mullets now, which sort of doesn't go down real well with me. But uh, look, it's um, you know. If you can grow hair and muck around with it, mate, you do whatever the hell you like with it. When you get to my age now, you just hopefully it grows and it ain't growing real quick. <laughs> I, I, I did uh, a, a podcast with Petty Kransberg from Essendon not that long ago. Oh, and yeah. uh, yeah. I was talking about uh, one of his ex-teammates, which funnily enough would be one of your ex-teammates who had one of the best mullets going around would be Greg Anderson. Yeah, uh, he's still got it too. Has he really? Yeah. 
Yeah, he's coming off short once. He's, um, we cut it off one night at, at a party for a bit of a dare. He took it off. I reckon two weeks later, it was back to full length again. So, <laughs> you know, Ando's had the old uh, double knee operation and saw him a few weeks ago. He's getting around all right. But, yeah, he's still got a full head of hair, mate. So, Hairstyle he had back in the 80s, he's still got it now. I love it. It was one of the uh, yeah cult-like figure hairstyles from back then, that's yeah. for sure. Hey, Weed, yeah. I really appreciate your time. I'm going to give you a couple of quick handballs, just a couple of quick ones to finish off, and I've just loved uh, reminiscing with you. So I'm going to give yep. you five names, and I want you to either share a, a few words cool. or even just a, a, sent- a, a short sentence about each of these guys I'm going to mention. So the first yep. one would have been one of your, uh, your first captains, Chris McDermott. Yep. Tough as nails, uh, loved everyone, got uh, never got around everyone, whether you were a young kid or an old kid. I remember a uh, footy trip to America. Uh, Adam Saliba, Peter Turner were like 18 years of old. You have been 21 over there. They did the dodgy with the fake licenses, got caught. Um, 40 blokes went into the nightclub. Three blokes went back to the motel because they... They couldn't get in. Peter Turner and another young fella and Chris McDermott went back with him and said, I'll look after young blokes back at the motel see you later. So that's the sort of bloke he was. Um, yeah, ter- terrific, terrific bloke and an even better captain. Graham Corns. Different. <laughs> uh, different, thorough, um, to the point that sometimes he would, would take it overboard. He was the right man for the job. Uh, when he got appointed, uh, left no stone unturned to get us up to the level of the play AF footy, AFL footy. Um, very, very driven. Got the most out of blokes. Yeah. Sean Wren, the big pussy, as we used to call him. Um, <laughs> inspirational, passionate. Never seen a bloke more passionate before a game of a footy. He'd look you in the eye and grab your jumper and nearly break your ribs when he punch you to get, give you a rev up. Um, he was the sort of bloke that said, I'm going to lead, make sure you're following behind me. Uh, just got around everyone for a big bloke, country um, boy, uh, loved by everybody. Andrew Jarman. Yes, well, the big jar, he was MC at the wedding, and I'm sure he turned it into his show rather than my show. Um, great, great bloke. Um, skills amazing. Uh, his, his hand and foot skills were probably one of the best I've, I've seen, bar his brother and, and Andrew McLeod. Um, he was always two steps in front of everyone playing footy. Um, trickster, jokester, but very passionate about his footy. And the last one, one of the great modern-day full forwards, Tony Modra. Yeah, well, I used to be a coming forward when Mod played, so I didn't like him too much because he marked everything that went down his way. <laughs> and... Um, Played a lot, play a lot of golf with Mod. I've seen a fair bit. Uh, we speak probably a few times a month. Um, you know, if a bloke that didn't like training, um, would hardly do a pre-season, was the slackest trainer I've ever saw, he just was an absolute gun. Um, could could do everything, you know, and he copped a lot of uh, pretty hard opponents in his day. Johnny Worsfold got him one day. Never ever retaliated, uh, but his kicking accuracy was was unbelievable. Terrific bloke, Mods. Yeah, terrific bloke. Favorite memory or game for you, mate? Um, I've, I've probably got 
there's probably two, maybe three. My first ever game, you'll never, ever forget that. That's always got to be a favourite. Um, obviously, my 50th game, I did did pretty well uh, in that against West Coast. Had had three opponents that day. Uh, Lewis, Kemp, and I forget the other one, and had a good day on those. But I think I got three brown loads that day, so I was happy with my 50th. And obviously the 93 prelim, um, uh, well, the 93 yeah, prelim, um, even though we, we'd, we'd lost, it was a pretty good day of footy that day. To get that far, um, you know, kids dream to play AFL footy. Went for a lot of times, never never thought I'd actually get there. But to get there and play in a uh, prelim on the MCG, a ground that you've been visiting since you were five, six years old, eventually playing a prelim on there was pretty special, I reckon. Who was the best character or character you come across in your time at the Crows? It seems like there would have been a few, and you probably mentioned one just before in Andrew Jarman. Was there anyone else that was, uh, you know, a great character to hang around with and maybe got into a bit of mischief with every now and then? <laughs> oh, well, yeah and no. Um, look, Jars, Jars, he was the bloke that got everyone together. He was a... Um, the prankster, the jokester that made light of everything, but could also do it because he could play, play footy. Um, look, Chris McDermott, he, he would he would be the one to make sure that we got around each other, we got beer into us, but then when we had to do the work, do the work. Um, it just went through so many different stages, and... It was funny because, you know, when we first started, we had that 10 blokes from 10 teams join uh, as a group. And even after a long time, after training, you'd still see folks separate separate into their groups, you know. Um, Roddy Maynard was probably the one of the nicest blokes ever played footy with and against. Um, for his size and ability, he could do a lot of things at, at, at a very good level. So... He was another good bloke, but, you know, Jars, Andrew McLeod to watch him play, Darren Jarman to watch him play, um, some terrific characters like that in in terms of their, their footy ability. Um, you know, Ben Hart walking walk in from Blackfriars uh, College, still in his school uniform, uh, gets signed up and then plays on paying locker a week later. Like, just some of those stories. And, and Benny Hart, you know, six stone ring and wet and held against some of the best, you know, full forwards in the competition and he was delight to play. He was a gun Ben Hart. Used to love watching the number thirty four run around. And yeah. the, and the last yeah. one, mate, you said you've already, you you still keep in touch with the Crows and you do a bit of corporate work and stuff for them. What are your thoughts on Adelaide heading into this season twenty twenty two? A, uh, a year which I think they showed some great improvement under coach Maddie Nix yeah. last year. Do you think they can go yeah. a, a couple of steps better up the ladder this year? Yeah, I think they can, mate. I think they can. I think that, um, you know, what they've got to do is match them better last year. And that's, sometimes that's always difficult. But I think they've recruited well. I think some guys have come on a little bit. Uh, you never know. But my expectation of them is that they'll, they'll do pretty well. They won't play finals. Um, but I think they can win your, your, hopefully your 9, 10 or 11 games and um, give a few clubs a bit of a shake. And, Bit of luck goes your way. You never know what happens, but I still think we're probably a year or two away from really threatening. I think the list is improving all the time, and I think 
Mixy will get his reward at the end because he did it tough there for a couple of years. And now I just think after all the stuff that's gone on, I think we'll start seeing um, some good reward for effort that Mixy's put in. Um, it's, well, I didn't think the AFL, didn't think the 96 97 list could win two in a row. Probably think the same thing about this mob, but it might take a bit of doing to repeat that effort. Wayne Wiedemann, thank you for joining me on the 90s Club Footy Podcast. I've really enjoyed the chat. You reflecting on some memories at your time in the Crows and uh, really appreciate it. Anytime, Trent. Anytime. Thanks very much. Chance for Tregenza again for the Crows. Up towards Jarman on half forward. Took it beautifully on the half volley. Then gave it like lightning to Wiedemann. That's the end of episode number 16. If you've missed any previous episodes, you can catch them all on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. We're on all the social media platforms, so drop us a line on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter on any particular episode you've enjoyed or a guest you may love to hear from. Next week, we catch up with a former Hawk whose first ever match involved a famous incident with a champion of the game.